Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that doesn't want to go. It's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin, I'm the Whovian, these are my sons Tripp and Corbin. And, and we're, we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two sons who haven't. Welcome to episode number 63, covering the 2009 Christmas special and 2010 New Year's special, End of Time, Parts 1 and 2. This is the one where we say goodbye to the 10th Doctor. I don't want to go. The end. <laughs> That's just all I could write. <laughs> this is all I could bring myself to write. No, really, I spent so, so much sad. time doing all of these notes, and I was like, oh, man, this is one of those ones that either needed to be like a five-minute long recap, which is what we try and avoid, uh-huh. or I was like, I'm just going to do that. So I did that. So, uh, guys, this is story number 202, originally airing December 25th, 2009, and January 1st, 2010, to, wait for it, guys, 12.04 and 12.27 million viewers. I just blew the first episode out of the You know what, Rose? You can just uh, you can just sit back there and hang your head in shame with your 10 million viewers. I was so amazed <laughs> I'm getting tripped up on my expressions. What blew it out of the park. <laughs> blew it out of the park? Yes. Hit it right out of the water? Yes. All right. Uh, this one was written by uh, Russell T. Davies, RTD. And this was, believe it or not, guys, this was his 10th consecutive writing credit. So this was 10 oh, wow. episodes in a row that he wow. wrote or co-wrote. Remember the last uh, two, he, he was like co-wrote. Which co-wrote. were really good, seriously. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, the yeah, ones yes. that he does are and, really good. And uh, not only is, does that make mm-hmm. this his 10th consecutive writing credit, that is the longest run in series history. Oh, wow. That is the wow. longest you know, consecutive episodes written by the same I mean, person. That's almost an entire season written by one person. Uh, I mean, almost, except for the fact, you know, except for the fact that, well, it was the, it was actually the entirety of the Tenant specials. Yeah, it's all the Tenant specials and then like half of last season. Uh, So that's, that's pretty amazing. So, Uh, and this one was directed by Euros Lin, a name which I, 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 I remember. Same. um, But I don't remember anything in particular about him. Um, Want to say, did I not have anything written down about that in my, in my notebook, Corbin? I thought I had written something down about Euros that we saw at the theater. Not that I saw. Okay. Well, guys, Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. Make sure that you use the code NOOBS at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. So go to store.r5websitemanagement.com and get started building your awesome website today. All right, we've got a slightly new segment. No, it's an entirely new segment, but it's slightly a segment. Uh-huh. That's what I meant okay. to say. So, uh, Corbin wanted us to introduce a bit of a news segment, and so Corbin, I'm going I'm to let you take this, and, but but look at look at the notes. Okay. There, because I've updated you. Oh, okay. So this is, by the way, the, what is what is this segment, Corbin? Well, as most of y'all know, Doctor Who is still happening, meaning as long Correct. as Doctor Who is happening, there's going to be news related items about Doctor Who. Items. Correct. And. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) What just happened? I don't know. So there's going to be news items. So recently, there have been several news outlets with articles about rumors that Chibnall and Whitaker are leaving. Okay, who are Chibnall and Whitaker? Let's let's catch up. Catch everybody up. So Chibnall, 
Uh, I don't remember his first name. Uh, is, Chris? Yeah, I think Chris so. Chris Chibnall? Chris Chibnall is the current showrunner of Doctor Who. And Jodie Whittaker is the 13th Doctor. And so there's been a lot of rumors that Chibnall and Whittaker are leaving. And, like, BBC and every other main news place has just said, this is total nonsense. Right. And just completely made up. But I thought it was just interesting to see this. I don't know why this rumor picked up, because... I'm sure there's rumors like this all the time, but yeah. The fact and actually, that this there was a lot of traction. When Corbin first brought this to me, I, I mentioned to you that there was already a rumor that Chibnall and Whitaker were on the way out. I mm-hmm. think it was either it was either before the first episode of the new season had even aired, or it was during the airing of the first season. But like season mm-hmm. th- that season, season eleven, had not even completed airing. Mm-hmm. And they were, there were already rumors that Chibnall and Whitaker were on their way out. And there were, so all the, 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 uh, just, uh, just insane headlines were talking about, you know, will Whitaker only get one season and, and all this kind of stuff. Will Whitaker even get a season? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it had already been at least filmed. So it was either, like I said, it was either about to come out or it was during the season. There was already rumors about it. And then they kind of died down a little bit. And then, of course, season 12 is in production right now as we're recording here in August uh, 2019. So uh, there's already like uh, pictures from set of some of the new aliens that are going to be there or returning aliens mm-hmm. as it, as it turns out. And so of course, here we go. Now there's now there's another rumor and Corbin said maybe we should have a segment about news. And I was like, okay, I like the idea. However, I don't know that I want to do it this week because I don't want to report rumors. And then <laughs> While I was preparing these notes, I was looking at some other article that uh, that that, that uh, a, a listener sent me that we're going to get to later on. And in the footnotes, that are not in the footnotes, but down below, related articles, there was an article saying this was all nonsense. So I clicked on that and I read that article and I was like, okay, there you go. Yes, so we'll link up in the show notes. Uh, you'll see a link to, I think it's Doctor Who TV. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, DoctorWhoTV.com is, is or sorry, 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 DoctorWhoTV.co.uk is where the article is that basically says, yeah, this is all a bunch of nonsense. So we'll link up to that in the show notes. And as things come up, we, we won't necessarily always have a new segment, but if something pops up on, on our feeds mm-hmm, yeah. uh, that we think is worth talking about, and this is, um, sorry, noobs, this is going to be for the Whovians. <laughs> this is going to probably yes. most likely be for the people that are already caught up, except for... I mean, occasionally a news story comes out that says, mm-hmm. hey, we just found a lost episode from Classic Who, or nice. here's some things you never knew about the 11th Doctor or the 10th Doctor or whatever. Oh, I see those all the time, but I'm not sure if we'll do those. If any are actually newsworthy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll bring those up. So. Oh, look, a top 10 things that don't make sense in Doctor Who, like most of the show, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-huh, yeah. Cor- Corbin has Corbin has a an axe to grind with one particular <laughs> website that we're just going to leave unnamed for right now. So I might I, name it later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's not smear them without cause. Let's let's, let's uh, yeah. So at any rate, guys, let's go ahead and dive right into what we're actually here to talk about: the end of time parts one and two. First of all, just some miscellaneous trivia. This was we've we've kind of we've we've talked about this before. We've hinted at this before. This episode marks, or these two episodes, no, 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 the, the, the final episode, because she only appeared in the final episode, part two. This represents the final 
Doctor Who appearance of Elizabeth Sladen. That's uh, Sarah Jane. This was her final appearance in Doctor Who. Now, there were Sarah Jane Adventures Mm. episodes that were filmed and aired post this episode. However, uh, this was her last appearance within Doctor Who, as we as we mentioned. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, she she passed uh, a few years back. Now, if I remember correctly, kind of related to this is that there's an episode entitled uh, the the it's either the wedding of Sarah Jane Smith or the marriage of Sarah Jane Smith. I think it's the wedding of Sarah Jane Smith, mm-hmm. in which David Tennant appears in a crossover, and David Tennant and Matt Smith both had crossover episodes where they appeared on SJA. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, I think that may have aired after the end of time. So in universe, the episode chronologically takes place, obviously, before the end mm-hmm. of time. But mm-hmm. I think I think it's some, either it aired afterwards or it was filmed afterwards. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not positive. It's one of those side details. Could it that have I've, been filmed afterwards and not aired afterwards yes they could have filmed end of time then filmed the the wedding of sarah jane ah. then aired the wedding of sarah jane and aired the end of time I oh i was gonna say how can you a little wibbly wobbly but how we can, can you do it. send it out without actually i just explained how no i was gonna say but like how could it go what i was thinking was how could you release it before you filmed it <laughs> they send Sounds it back like, in time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Actually, Trip, put it on the list. Spaceballs will explain exactly how that happens. <laughs> okay, anybody who has seen that that great Mel Brooks Star Wars farce, Spaceballs, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. Yes. I now that I'm saying that, I'm going to have to say, ask your parents because I'm not 100 percent sure that that one's kosher Does it have for time travel, children's. Uh, no, this would have to be just something we watch. <laughs> For fun, because yeah. occasionally we watch we watch yeah. TV and movies that we're not going to do a podcast yeah, about. Yeah, not not always, but so <laughs> this was this episode also marked the first appearance of the Time Lords. Really, They're the first real appearance of the Time mm-hmm. Lords since 1986. Okay, so this is going all the way back to what the Seventh Doctor, I guess, during the 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 final seasons of Doctor Who before it went off the air, 1986. The, the exception to that is there was a flashback episode, or excuse me, excuse me, a flashback scene in the episode The Sound of Drums where you briefly saw the Time Lords, but and they weren't really I in don't that remember episode. it. Did they reuse that scene in this episode? They, of him as a child? Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, I was wondering about that because I, I couldn't remember if it looked familiar because I've seen this episode <laughs> before or if... No, it was definitely him. It was definitely the master staring into the as a child. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know if they used the same scene, or if they redid it. Ooh, I know the scene. And then the child master walked out, and I'm like, that does not look like what I remember. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, no. They. I mean, they would have had to have refilmed it with a different actor, Mm -hmm. a different child actor. But I I don't know. I didn't uh, didn't look that one up. So let's see. The uh, Russell T Davies claims that. And I, I, I'm not 100% sure what all details this means, what level of detail it means, but he claims that Ten's death slash regeneration had been planned out since David Tennant was hired. Oh my. Now, now think about the timeline. That was that was 2005, and this these two episodes aired 
end of 2009, beginning of 2010. Wow. So this was years down the road. Remember how, remember how when he lost his hand and it, and that didn't yeah. Yeah, come Tenet, back to play for like two seasons? Tennant mentioned that in <coughs> the uh, interview or whatever. And now I'm starting to think maybe he did have that planned the entire time. Mm, oh, the yeah. hand. No, remember we talked about in that episode that that, that had been planned. The Metacrisis yeah. episode where, where all that went down. We talked about in that episode. They planned that during that episode when they cut off his hand. That's, that's so, that's like, so, how do you come up with this? I know. when you Before you start, you have right. the niche detail that his hand <laughs> gets cut off. Right. At some point, he gets it again and right. then uses that. Right. To make a half-human, half-time uh, well, lord. Well, I don't know if that part... I don't know if that part was planned out, but definitely him shunting his regeneration energy into the hand like and creating the- a metacrisis uh-huh. version of himself. I, I don't know. I don't know. So I don't mm. I don't know. Again, I don't know the level of detail, but not only was, was this death planned out from the time they had hired David Tennant, but apparently they planned it out... I'm sorry. They planned it out before... He was hired because it he RTD says had David Tennant not gotten the part after all, then they would have changed this. They would have written it differently. So Why? I don't know what it is about David Tennant that was like we're going to kill him this way. But it has to. <laughs> all of a sudden, this got me wondering about RTD. Are you a psychopath? <laughs> Uh, Russell T. <laughs> the uh, if it's David Tennant, he has to die because of his friends. <laughs> well, okay. Now, see yeah. that that is one of the details that changed because oh, wow. he was originally going to die this way, but he was going to die saving a total stranger. Mm. And it was decided later on. I don't know at what point, but it was decided later on that Wilf would be better. And I agree. Now yes. RTD really sounds like a psychopath. He kind of sounds like a crazy person. Yes. Okay. Now, the the uh, speaking of the regeneration and everything, when the master sacrifices himself to push the Time Lords back into the bubble or whatever, into the time lock, mm-hmm. and therefore, one, saves the doctor, but two, also causes his regeneration, right? Because he left the, the nuclear bolt running. That idea that the oops sorry that the idea that the master would redeem himself by sacrificing himself to save the doctor and also cause his regeneration that was originally part of a storyline during the third doctor's time with uh, Roger Delgado who I believe was the original actor to play the master I think Roger Delgado was the original if not he's Mm. one of the more well known ones. And so it was originally going to happen then, but Roger Delgado, I didn't, I didn't know this until now, but apparently Roger Delgado died very suddenly. Oh. And so for whatever reason, I guess rather than recasting him or whatnot, they just decided to abandon that whole idea. And so somehow or another, it was kind of like pulled out of the, out of the archives and, and recycled and, and used for and, uh, uh, the storyline instead. If I had to guess, that one might not even exist anymore. So who knows well, how they got that that storyline. So, uh, Yeah, apparently it was literally like in some files somewhere, yeah. like some notes or something mm-hmm. that, that, that that was in. Uh, let's see. Oh, this was fun. Uh, Martha Jones. Who did Martha Jones end up with? Mickey Smith. Mickey That's Smith. Funny. Making her both Smith and Jones? Eh? Eh? But why? 
What episode did she first appear in? Smith and Smith Jones. And Jones. Jones. What I, did I say I at the, be- the What did I say at the beginning of every recap that season? Smith and Jones. Smith. This is the one I where Smith the, and Jones. I get the pun. Yeah, but it's kind but of funny. I did. It's kind of funny. Martha yeeted a <laughs> Mickey from Rose. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that. Like, why is it Martha and Mickey? Martha, you are suddenly better than Rose because you yeeted Mickey Rose. Okay, okay. For, for, yeeted is not the right hang word on. in this case. Yeah, first of all, okay. I don't think that's the... That's, <laughs> yes, yes I'm it 38 is. and I'm pretty sure that's the wrong use of that word. <laughs> that but secondly, secondly can, can, we say, can we say a couple of things? One, uh, Rose is trapped in another dimension. Still. With a Metacrisis version of the Doctor. Still. If you'll recall. So she found her true love and she's there and she's happy. And Mickey chose to stay in this universe rather than Pete's universe and and go back to his life here sans Rose. So he 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 chose that. So Martha didn't steal him away from Rose like he's pining away for Rose and then goes, "Oh, hey, there's Martha." Uh, Rose is out of the picture. They right? still forget about the forget story about- that way. So it's the writer's fault. <laughs> I guess. So at any rate, that I thought I, I didn't even notice that until the to the uh, wikia pointed that out. Um, I thought it was I thought it was really random. The first time watching through this, I honestly thought I had missed something. I was like, wait, I, why did, are did you guys other? did you guys like get thrown off when you saw first of all Mickey and Martha together at all? Wait, yeah, like, how do they even like know each other? Fighting Sontarans? Yeah. <laughs> and then, then they have that sly little line about, you know, my wife wouldn't approve. Well, I guess you shouldn't have married me. Oh, look, ha ha! Huh. Comedic way of saying they're married. Ba da ba ba da ba. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, wait, right. where did that come from? Why? That How was, did y'all meet? I know y'all both knew the doctor, but why? Yeah, actually, they didn't meet. Wait, wait, did they no. meet? No. I mean, they were probably wait, both in no. the big wait. team up at Doctor Who. They were definitely, episode, they were in the Avengers yes, episode. Yes, definitely. Yeah, for sure. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, because didn't he walk off and go catch up with Jack and Martha? Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's where we left them was together, but not... Ma- Anyways, right, spent way too much time on that. Uh, so, the uh, let's see. There were working titles for this episode. Uh, and you know what? This, this came from... There was some trivia rolling in the theater. So, if you guys didn't catch this in the theater, there was... Uh, there, okay. So, first of all, there was not only rolling uh, uh, screens of, like, trivia. Hey, did you know? There were also little snippets of the David Tennant interview... Which was cool. They 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 played stuff that was not in the later bit. So that was cool. What wasn't cool was they, they kept spoiled spoiling the dang episode. Yeah, they showed the the tenth Doctor's final line. I was like, oh my gosh, when they just take all of the the emotional oomph out of that. When I pushed them back into the the Time Lords, back in the Time Vortex, I'm like, great. Now I know there's Time Lords. There's a Time Vortex. They they left the Time Vortex and now they're back in it. I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about that. That y'all didn't even know that the Time Lords were coming back. I wasn't thinking about that. And then so we were talking about that on the way out of the theater. And then we were like, okay, we do have to remind ourselves of one thing. Yeah. You two are probably the only people in the whole country that were in the theater interested who, in the who, show who both were completely caught up to that point and yet had not seen the episode. And, was, and <laughs> yes, that's like and so many yeah. so like oh so precise that that had 
like that was such a precise thing. Like nobody would have thought yeah. of that. And so, um, total total side note here. Uh, while we're off on this tangent, I, I printed up some business cards for noobs in the Whovian. And at the end, because I, I told the boys, I was like, we're going to be in a room full of Dr. Who fans. Yeah, like, like we got we to gotta talk about the podcast. We got to get so this on. I stood up at the end. I don't know how many people heard what I was actually saying because there was some, some music playing on the screen. But I just stood up and I gave the opening spiel about us being a family-friendly Dr. Would, Who podcast. I would just say our part. He said nothing. And you were saying it for us, so I got I said it for y'all because the way we were talking about it ahead of time, I didn't know if y'all were going to do it or not. So anyway, so uh, so we handed out some business cards and whatnot, and I mentioned to the crowd there that if uh, we, we didn't realize it two years ago when we started this podcast, but we timed it perfectly. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean not perfectly perfectly, but pretty yeah. dang perfect. All right. we had to do was stall for three weeks. We were three weeks off from being yeah. absolutely perfectly timed for the 10th anniversary of this and, episode. You know, and it's highly convenient given we haven't been going every week, A. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've missed so weeks. Many, we've missed, uh, so we've many, missed months. Uh, missed a year. <laughs> <laughs> like months at a time. Right. Yeah. Yes, and, and some people are going... Started the podcast two years ago. Yeah, we started the podcast two yeah. years ago. We didn't release the first episode for like eight months. Uh, but yeah, we did start a long time Somebody ago. Somebody reschedules new additions to the thing. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't like have if we would have never came up with timey yeah. There's no way. There's we, no way. Yeah, there's no way we could have planned this. Because I, like, for example, you know, I jokingly talk all the time about how the the show schedule is is already done here, let me let me pull it up. The show schedule is already done out through September nineteenth of twenty twenty one. Okay, there's no That's way. There's no there's way, no way that, that that episode one seventy three of the podcast is going to be on September 19th, 2021, because yeah. so many things are going to happen between here and there. But that's the equivalent of what we did yeah. was nail that, right? So Unintentionally. Unintentionally. So at um, any rate, No, no, we totally intentionally nailed yeah, that. While I was thinking about that the whole time. While we're talking about that, uh, what if, was that if, you, <laughs> if you were there, if you got one of our business cards and that's how you found this podcast, welcome. We're glad you're here. Welcome. Go download all of the episodes now. And uh, <laughs> Give us an email, noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com. Give us, a, give us a, a little heads up that you met us there. We handed out, I don't know, maybe maybe 20 uh, cards or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so some, there were some people who said, oh, no, my, you know, I don't need one. My friend got one or my, my, my family member got one. So yeah. it was more than 20 people uh, that, we, that we saw and, and interacted with. And we actually got to hang out with uh, a guy afterwards who uh, was a classic Who fan from way back and talked with us yeah. for a few minutes about uh, some of the things that he likes and dislikes about the about new who and and um, thought it was interesting where we've come from and where we're going mm -hmm. and everything. So at any rate, all of that to say, they were playing some trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Took way too long. And one of the bits of trivia that they were playing was that uh, working titles for this episode included The Last Days of Planet Earth, which that's that's accurate. That was one of the, that's the opening line of that episode. And Russell T. Davies actually originally titled it that and then changed it later on. They also said at the theater that one of the working titles was The Impossibility Gate, which is horribly inaccurate mm. because either, because one, I didn't see that written anywhere else. And two, it mm. was called The Immortality Gate, not The, not the Impossibility Gate. So they did help us with some trivia though. <laughs> there was some fun stuff. So The yeah. Impossibility Gate does sound like a great uh, short story that needs to be written. However, this was not it. So Yeah, not uh, actually there was two short stories that I couldn't find but should have definitely been spun off 
from this episode, the uh, carnivorous mall one. and <laughs> The red carnivorous one. mall and the galaxy named Allison. Uh, and what's the <laughs> other one? I don't remember what the other one was. I when the doctor up, showed up on, on, on the Ood Sphere, he said, oh, I, I went and I did this and I did that and the other thing and I got married and blah, blah, blah. One of the things he said is, named a galaxy Allison. So, of course, there is an entire mm-hmm. page on the Wikia that is dedicated to the galaxy huh. named Allison. And all it says is that the doctor named a galaxy Allison. Wow. Like, that's all it is. What? I was like, oh, man, maybe there's some callbacks or something. Uh, so, at any uh, rate. No. In the uh, in the cast, oh my word! Uh, the cast section on the on the Wikia entry for this episode is humongous because all the people are on this episode. Ooch. All of them, all the people, everybody. I think I Ooch. think I think like every key character since series one, <laughs> barring Christopher Eccleston, <laughs> I think everyone else was in this episode at some point. Jackie Tyler was in this oh, episode. They yeah. always bar Christopher. Well, they do. They they absolutely do, and it's a it's a sad, sad shame. But uh, the the big ones to mention are Rassilon, who is played by Timothy Dalton, uh, among a million other things that he's done. He was James Flippin' Bond. Okay, wow. so James Bond, wow. one of the many. James Bond. How many actors have is a time James lord? Bond? Uh, several, Bond's but James Bond is he a regenerates time lord. like That's every other That's right. So. He keeps changing his I mean, face. Yeah. He never dies. Okay, uh, Verity Newman. Verity Newman was the woman who, this was the most, this was the deepest cut, guys. If you weren't paying attention, you're going to miss this one. Verity Newman was the woman who, when the doctor goes to claim his reward, he's doing the, the big goodbye tour and saying, you know, waving to all of his old, old companions. Mm-hmm. He goes into a bookshop and there's a woman there signing a book and she's talking about how her grandmother, her great-grandmother, actually knew this man who called himself the doctor and blah, blah, blah. And what this was is this goes back to Joan Redfern. She was the one who was the love interest of John Smith in the episode Human Nature. So yeah. when the doctor became a human, his the, the woman he falls in love with and then has to let her go basically so that he can become the doctor again was Joan Redfern. Verity Newman is her great granddaughter and she wrote a book based on the stories that her grandmother would t- her great grandmother would tell about this man called the doctor. Hmm. So I noticed this. I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting call." Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he shows up and says, she says, "Who should I make it out to?" He says, "The doctor." And she's like, "That's funny. That's what he that's what he called himself." And then all of a sudden she realizes who he is and he says, huh. no, "Was she happy?" Why did it take her so long? Like no one goes around saying my name I'm is the, the doctor. doctor. Well, yeah, so it takes a So when takes your a grandmother has a person like that who turns out to be magic alien space being, <laughs> and then someone else comes along <laughs> and also calls themselves the doctor. Yeah. I mean, you should just... It is this. coming to get a book signed. So a couple of things about Verity Newman. First of all, she's played by Jessica Hines, who also played Joan Redfern. So they totally <laughs> back to the future did, right? Where they have the same actor play the great granddaughter that played the original character. Huh. And then back to the future. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, you know how like Marty plays every like his own daughter yeah. and son every and great grandfather, yeah. except for his parents, except for his except for his, except dad. his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Verity Newman, the name for that character comes from Verity Lambert and Sidney Newman, who are the original creators of Doctor Who. Now, in the episode Human Nature, John Smith's parents were anyone remember Verity, Verity and, and Sidney. Sydney. Yeah. 
So a lot of lot of fun little uh, combinations there. So that was that was kind of a in universe nod to the original creators of the of this show. So all right, I feel like we mentioned that during that episode. We did, we did, we did. Yeah, uh, mentioned that about his parents. Yeah. So that brings us to the checklist. We've got the creatures of the week. We have uh, we have the master. Uh, we'll we'll talk about him this later. This is why we need a creature and a baddie. Because yeah, yeah. The master he's not a isn't exactly week, a creature, but he's yeah. the baddie. And yeah. we have creatures that aren't the baddies. And Anyhow. Uh, we also have the Vinvachi. Those were the cactus people. That's that racist. how you pronounce that? Uh, Vinvachi, yeah. She, the entire time I was spelling it, I was trying to figure out how to pronounce this. I'm like, is, yeah. it, uh, is it? Yeah, she actually said it very briefly uh, when the doctor references Bonacafalata, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is the red looking version of these people. And yeah, he said, I knew someone like version. you once. Hmm? Tiny red looking. Yes. Version. I knew someone who looked yeah. like you once. He was red. And she says, oh, no, the, the, that's the Zachi. We're the Vinvachi. It's like, oh, okay. I uh, said <clears throat> What was the little blue baby? Was that similar? That was Mox of Balhoon, and he didn't have spiky. Entirely different. He oh, didn't, he have, didn't have spiky? Head. Okay. He was played by the same actor. That's, that's If the they have right. a blue one that's like extra tall and has spikes, I will laugh. Mm. That'd be awesome. Uh, apparently, these two species are somewhat related somehow. Kind of. I don't know. It's like Maybe. a Romulan Vulcan thing, yeah. I guess. And then, of course, we had the Ood. Uh, we didn't learn um, a ton more about the Ood, except that apparently if they get really smart, their brain, their skull Becoming takes on the pattern the of their brain. Uh, that's gross. Also, they can uh, see the future. Yes, they also now have yeah. the ability to see through time. And, and their eyes turn red, just like reason. when they went insane. Yes, yes, but now when their eyes turn red, it doesn't mean they're going to kill everyone in sight. Uh, I guess it means they're seeing the future. talk without singing? What? Talk without they, singing? I thought they couldn't talk without singing unless they had the translator. Hmm. And then they're just talking to the doctor without Yes, they've singing. come a long way, is what we're learning. Here. They, I mean, they did advance like a thousand years or whatever. A hundred them, years, yeah. yeah. S- them seeing through time. Yeah, that, that's perfectly fine. But oh, them they being able to talk. talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's mm, where I draw the line. Mm. All right, uh, we had, Corbin goes, didn't we have an Alonzi? And I said, uh, I don't know, did we? And then he goes, oh, wait a minute. He said it when they were crashing. And I was like, oh, right, this was the Alonzi. This is the one we've been waiting for. This, this is, oh, you know, a close second would be Alonzi Alonzo. But this one takes the cake. He says, uh, there's, a, there's a phrase of great power and wisdom and consolation to the soul in times of need. And the Vinvachi says, and what's that? And he goes, Alonzi! <laughs> and then like, Pulls back on the levers and, you know. And you can see the Vinvachi's faces go from mild confusion to absolute shock. Terror, yeah. Uh, that brings our running count up to lucky number 13, if our count mm. has been accurate so far. Uh, and and therefore also, by the way, I think, I think Alonzi is a is a 10 thing only. I don't, I don't think we ever get this again. Is we'll keep it up number. there. Huh? Unlike Fantastic, which they said so many times. Oh, my word. Oh, my word, yeah. Uh, let's see, the Time War. Uh, time Lore? Time, time War. I tried to say Time War and Time Lord at the same time. Time War. Um, so we have the, the idea that the Time War is locked. So what? here's what happened here if you weren't following this. Because, yeah. if you wa- by the way, if you watch this in the theater, the episode cut was weird. Oh, yeah. So oh, you, yeah, have, you have the, the, the master doing his global laugh, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have... Uh, the Lord President doing his his spittle speech. <laughs> like, I'm like, what did they, what did they feed uh, Dalton that he was just like slobbering like that and spitting so horribly? 
Um, but at any rate, when he gives that big speech and talks about how the, the Time Lords are coming again or whatever, then all of a sudden the screen goes black for like three seconds maybe, if that long. And then all of a sudden it cuts right back and the, t- and the Time Lords are walking across a bridge going through a door. And what happened is during that cut, the credits rolled and then everyone else had to wait a week to see the second part. And then when the second part comes on, you pick up and it is like flashed back, mm-hmm. right? Because that speech that he gives is them getting ready to break through the time vortex or whatever. But then all of a sudden you flash back and you have the Time Lords in council, the the, the great council or whatever, mm-hmm. trying to decide what to do next. And it is the last day of the time war. That's what is happening there. So we kind of gloss over and lose a lot of that, the way that they presented it in the theater. Though lucky us, we didn't even have to click to go to the next episode. Oh, well, thankfully there's that. But we also didn't get to rewatch it, so we didn't actually get to see what happened during that time that they cut off. Yeah. No, 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 they didn't cut off anything. They didn't lose anything. It's just that was when when he delivered his big speech, and then you got and and the credits rolled and everything. And then the next episode began with the Time Lords talking as they're walking across that bridge. So you, we didn't lose anything. It's just weird the way that break happened. They didn't, it, it looked like it was still the same scene mm-hmm. oh, when oh. you were watching it in the theater. But really that was an entire week of break that happened in a half a second that lo- made it look to us like it was just a camera change, you know? So at any rate, it's the last day of the Time War. That! Oh, I thought you were saying that happened and that got cut off. No. no oh, no, no, no. that was the last day of the time war? I didn't know. Yes, I think they briefly... I knew it was near the end. I couldn't... Yeah, tell. something briefly got mentioned. So that's what happened is it's the last day of the time war. I don't know. I don't think that the Time Lords know that it's the last day. Um, mm. Or yes, no, no, I'm sorry. They do know. They do that's know. That's why they're trying Be- to get out. Yeah, because what they are planning, and this is what the doctor alludes to, what the Time Lords were planning to do in order to defeat the Daleks was to destroy time itself. What? So here they we would have, become immortal, all-knowing beings that didn't need space well, not only, to yeah, live. Yeah, not only immortal, but ethereal, like non-corporeal, no physical bodies. They're going to leave behind their bodies. They're going to be pure consciousness outside of time and space itself, mm-hmm. right? Because they're going to bring an end to time. That's why the episode is called The End of Time. And of course, it centers right on Earth. That's the only way they could bring an end to time is to go to Earth. Of course. For uh, yeah. No, because the Master uh, came to Earth. Specifically, specifically London. Uh, yeah, I mean, it has <laughs> to hit the London side of Earth first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, duh. What else would you hit? The London side London can Earth. see it in the sky. All us Americans are just completely oblivious that there's another planet impending upon us. Well, apparently mm-hmm. we'd be asleep. I mean, it was, yeah, it was like the middle of the night <laughs> in, in Texas at the time. So, well, at we any would rate, also all be the Master. No, the, no, no, because they saw the planet. Never mind. Yeah, that was before they changed. So at any rate, guys, um, this is one of the biggest, this episode is is like the biggest info dump on the time war that we've gotten so far. Mm -hmm. So like we got that there was a time war and then we got that it was with the Daleks and then we got that the Daleks lost kind of Mm -hmm. and then we get that, you know, well, all of the Daleks were destroyed as well as all of the Time Lords and then we get that the Doctor is the one who did it 
And then we get, you know, uh, just these, this little trickle of information, right? So now Michael we, would call this a lose-lose situation. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, yeah, Michael Scott would call this a lose-lose-lose. So at any rate, um, we have, now we have this information that the reason that this had to happen, the reason the doctor had to do whatever it is that he did, is that the Time Lords had lost it, right? Mm. He's talking to the master and he says, you weren't there in the final days of the war. You didn't see what they became. This is what they became. They went insane with it all and they were going to destroy all of creation, time and space itself in order to win this war. And, and he says, that's why I had to stop them. Gah! I'm not sure why you would tell the master that someone is insane. He's like, no, they're perfectly normal. Yeah, seems fine to me. I don't know what's your problem, doctor. Yeah. Uh, he can be <laughs> immortal and the only consciousness, consciousness after the end of the universe. Yeah. What's wrong wow. with that? So um, that that's that's huge. And then all and then that all works. we know is that uh, the master succeeds in pushing them back through the time vortex, back into the time lock, so that they essentially restoring the timeline, I guess, because mm-hmm. now they're back where they were. So, the so things are going is, to play out the way they did. Did time originally. change? Because it says that the doctor stopped them and destroyed everyone so they wouldn't destroy everything. Right. But now the master did it. No, all the master succeeded in doing was pushing them back to where they came from. Back back through the time vortex. Technically, technically, that's why they lost and then the doctor... Whatever. What do you mean technically that's why they lost? I was just thinking like because he pushed them back either that's how it always was or they changed something and then he was the one that actually defeated them and not the doctor. Who knows? Without telling you too much I'll just say no. Wadly wadly. Yeah. Think of it more like whether it always happened this way or not whether they changed it or it's a causal loop whichever way Things were progressing along. Um, you'll remember, maybe, that at one point, Lord President said that the doctor had the moment and he intends to use it. So the doctor's plan was already in motion. The moment is something we'll learn about later. The doctor's plan was already in motion. They come through the time vortex, show up at Earth. They're going to destroy everything. The master pushes them back and then the doctor's plan plays out. Uh, yeah. Uh, so if they knew Fun that times. the doctor was going to destroy them all, why didn't they kill the doctor? I don't know if they knew Wasn't for sure that he would, locked? and if they knew, apparently they couldn't stop him. They weren't able to stop him. But isn't the time war time locked? So couldn't he not go back and stop all the time wars because it's during a time war? The doctor didn't go back and stop them. He already had. Yeah. That's why the the great time the, the the great and final time war ended with the destruction of all the time lords except for the doctor and the Daleks, because he did something. But how did he already know did Cause he said That happened before nine. Mm-hmm. But he said um you haven't seen what happened after. So how did he know that all that stuff was going to happen after? After what? What are we talking about? After the time war. 
He stopped them before they could become corrupted, right? No. No, they oh. were corrupted. No, 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 no. They were corrupted and were going to destroy all of time and space. And so he, he stopped, stopped them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wibbly wobbly, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the checklist. After Holy 25 cow. minutes. Uh, no, that's okay though, because we I've been waiting. I've been waiting for some, mm-hmm. you know, some of this information about the time war. So uh, and and by the way, there's more coming. Like this is not the last time we're gonna talk about this. So uh jiggery pokery, we had the sonic uh deactivating the shimmer. I love the shimmer. <laughs> shimmer. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, him using the Sonic to put the TARDIS one second out of sync with, uh, with I don't know, the Seems universe. Like, or wait, whatever. he's done that before. Yeah, he has. Yes, he's done that before. Uh, we also had the TARDIS. Uh, one of the best lines got one of the best laughs in the movie theater was uh, he used the key to, beep, boop, <laughs> to yeah. lock the TARDIS. And he's like, ah, I locked it. And the dude is just staring at him like a car. He's just staring at him. It's it's funny. No, it's not funny. And it's like the whole theater fell apart. Right? It's been yeah. funny for a while. Yeah. Hey, by the way, how cool was it to be in a room full of a bunch of fellow Doctor Who fans yeah. cracking up at something? The Doctor yeah. Who? That was awesome. I think we should watch every episode in the theater. Room. Yeah, yeah. Let's, Let's make this happen, Dallas. Okay. Uh, then we had, okay, we already talked about the random jiggery pokery. We had the shimmer. 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 Corbin, I'll let you take the next one. Uh, existential horror. Yes. Losing your stream of consciousness and becoming someone else. Uh, Have you heard of the uh, teleporter problem, I think it's called? Something like that. It's uh, The fact that in Star Trek, when you're teleported, you actually die every time in a recreated mm -hmm. review. Wait, what? So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the basic idea is that the way that... Do this quickly. (laughs) The basic idea is that the way that the teleporters in Star Trek is described, it's impossible for them to work and to not kill you and then basically clone you the, the idea, with all the same memories. The idea is they, they, they scan you, they send that information to the location where you're being beamed down and beam down matter and energy to reconstruct you there, but that that would create two of you. So what they do is they don't actually like beam you up and then beam you down. They essentially you. obliterate you here and then recreate you there. Which is like why you have two people... Uh, coming out of the transporter or two people becoming one person and stuff like that. So um, basically that's what's happening here. Like you get taken over by another consciousness. Your consciousness just got destroyed. Well, it's more than that. It's down to your DNA. Uh And they literally became him and physically, not just mentally. It was physically. And then as soon as that's done, you come back, you have all your old memories, but your pre infected self or whatever Completely Gone. dead. Gone. Just dead. So that's that's the tele- teleport problem or whatever. That's, that's awesome. Uh, that's pretty existential so horror. My, yeah, my big question was, did they remember? I, like, I, after they got restored, what did I, they remember? Did I they feel re- like as soon as no, they were, were started It definitely shaking. seems like they remembered everything before. They, all their yeah. memories are intact. But mm-hmm. did they remember being the master? How would that even work? I don't, I don't think know. so. Just like... it was definitely the master. Their consciousness was not there unless it was that's true. hidden away in their brain somewhere. Yeah, but it doesn't so, seem like that's how it works. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, pretty uh, horrifying. Thank you for that. <sighs> yes. All right. Except uh, nobody remembers it, so it's not really existential. But still. Yeah. 
And just contemplating it. That's the existential war. It's contemplating the nature of your identity. Another part of the teleportation problem or whatever. Every time you go asleep, it's a breaking consciousness. You might be dead. You've been watching CGP Grey, haven't you? I thought that's what you were going to We'll link up to that in the show notes. Corbin, put a note in there to remind me to get the link to that to that video that CGP Grey did. All right, who's who? Let's let's get a move on here to who is the doctor? Uh, let's see, Corbin. What is this about the sainted physician? So I was um, I'll get to this later, but I was looking okay. back through the episode and I noticed at the beginning that the lady talking about the TARDIS in the painting said that they referred to the doctor as the sainted physician. <laughs> Sounds about right. I noticed that in the episode, and I was like, oh, that's that's pretty hilarious and neat and hmm. weird. So I just wrote that down. Uh, let's see. Um, regeneration. Oh, my gosh, guys. Okay, so we learned we learned a lot, I feel like, in this, in this episode about regeneration. The doctor says that regeneration, uh, he says he's going to die, right? <laughs> yeah. And then Wilf says, but I thought your people could do this thing where you replace every cell in your body or whatever. And he goes, well, I, if I'm killed before regeneration, I'm dead. So first of okay. all, First of all, this is something that I didn't understand until this episode, when the, the first go-round when I watched it, mm. is that regeneration is not the doctor dies and then regenerates and like resurrects. It is the doctor is dying mm-hmm. and so his body regenerates all of its cells so mm-hmm. to avoid dying. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that before. That's mm-hmm. the reason why the master died, quote-unquote. Well, no, the master literally died, like before he could regenerate. Or no, excuse me, he didn't want to. He refused to to regenerate. The idea is that you can die without or before you are able to regenerate. Right, right, right. So the doctor says, first of all, that, and then he says, which is heartbreaking, regenerate. He says, it's not dying, but it feels like dying. Mm -hmm. He says, everything I am dies, and some new man goes sauntering away, and I'm dead. Break of consciousness. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah, there's that. Um, except not really, because all the memories maintain everything. everything well, it's a continuous well, a consciousness, person, even though it changes. Yeah. And stuff. So it's more like a head okay. injury than anything else. But at any rate, the uh, this is the, oh man, like we we spent so little time with nine, right? Mm-hmm. And right as we were getting to know nine, nine's gone, and we get ten, and then we get. Three seasons of 10, we get a half season of, of special episodes. Mm-hmm. And get this, guys, by the way, five Christmas specials. Oh, wow. He, yeah, right? Yeah. He got five because nine didn't get one. Ten got it in, in his place. Uh-huh. <laughs> so ten got a Christmas special before his first season. Hmm. Then he got season one, season two, season three Christmas specials. Then he got the David Tennant Christmas special. This this one, you know, this episode. Plus, yeah, three other specials to go along with that. Yes, and one. the first, yeah. and up until recently, only New Year's episode. Mm-hmm. So he got which means in all kinds Duhu, of he has the most episodes, right, out of any other Doctor. I I am pretty assume. sure. I am pretty sure that that's accurate. I will say that <clears throat> his run started in two thousand and five. Right, he did the. Uh, Christmas episode in 2005. Mm-hmm. First of all, oh, no, sorry. He appeared uh, on your birthday. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> he appeared on Corbin's birthday. Then he mm-hmm. uh, shows up. Uh, he's, he's got his Christmas special. So he starts in, in June of 2005 and then goes clear through to January 1st of 2010. He has the, uh, in New Who, the longest running tenure as a doctor. <laughs> he's only, in the entire franchise, he's only second to the fourth doctor, Tom Baker, who ran for like seven seasons. Or <laughs> right? So, yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, number count, He yeah, he's got it here. So... But man, like the most amount of episodes for the best person. <laughs> so he he says that regeneration feels like dying. I don't know, and I would love to hear from Jared. So Jared, if you didn't talk about this, because I haven't listened yet, if you didn't talk about this in your segment coming up in a few minutes, please tell me. Has anybody said anything like this before? Has mm-hmm. any of the doctors described it this way that it's like dying? That it is like a whole new man shows up? And by the way, Eleven is going to say something similar. Not as, oh, by the way, not as horribly tragic oh. as 10, but um, some s- echoes that sentiment. Actually, sometimes it seems like 10 can be as tragic as 9. It's it, yeah, 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 but in a different way, right? Not as, not yeah, as, not as emo especially, tragic. Yeah. It's a m- more heartbreaking when you're not always tragic. You're happy most <laughs> of the time and then tragic. It's not as heartbreaking when you're always tragic. But, yeah. <laughs> So he says, on a, while we're talking about Tenet having the longest run, ironically, well, the second longest run of all the 13 Doctors thus far, he is, in universe, the shortest incarnation. Hmm? Yeah. So I didn't really vet this a whole bunch, but, it, but the, the numbers seem to work, right? That if you, if you look at in-universe... The amount of time that each incarnation of the Doctor got before, you know, between regenerations, ten has the shortest in-universe run, despite the fact that real world he's the second longest tenure of, a, of an actor as the Doctor. How can they has tell over them? a billion years? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I still argue with that. I still argue yeah. with that. But, um, but he says definitively in this episode, he says he's nine hundred and six. Remember, Wolf says, I'm an old man. The doctor says, I'm older. And he's like, whatever. And he's like, I'm 906 years old. Okay, so this is one of the few times where we get like a pinpointed age for the doctor. Hasn't he said this before? He said 900. (laughs) We got, I can't, oh man. I remember reading this. It was either nine gave a definite age or 10 gave a definite age at the beginning of his time. But I I think it was nine. No, gave a definitive no, age. Uh, Ten during, said it. He like turned around and he was like, "During I'm the Christmas the special, the first one, yeah, okay." Um, him and Rose were sitting up on a roof. They're talking something. He says his age, and then aliens happen. I'm pretty sure that was the first time it was mentioned. Okay, well there you go. So, so you take that, and then you take 906, and I want I want to say that he told the that he told Rose he was 900. So yeah. that would make him, in-universe, six years. I'm pretty so sure he turned around one. on a spaceship once, and he was like, I'm the Doctor. I'm 900 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey of the something-something oh, yeah, clusters. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that was late in his time. That wasn't, yeah, that that was wasn't like, like early on. So I think he was saying, I'm 900, like, round. Not, I'm 904. You know, he was, he was being a little bit, you know, poetic there. Are you so. sure, though, that Eccleston isn't shorter? Because... 
given that he's talking about his ears and whatnot, it seems like he's newly regenerated. Yeah. And throughout that yeah, one season, there's... it almost seems like like continuous story like after year. story after story. Like again, with comic I didn't. Books, I, I didn't it's not, have. I didn't heavily vet it. Uh, but the, the, the Wikia article, or, or it might not even have been Wikia, it was somewhere that I was reading this this week, it mentions this, and there's something about, so we've got, when we get to an episode down the road, we're going to meet a previous incarnation of the Doctor that ties directly into Nine. And when we do that, there are some chronological clues there that tell us something about Nine's tenure. That's that's all I can remember. Okay, I didn't, mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't track it all down, all the details. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, uh, so uh, and then uh, last thing about the doctor here. Uh, oh no, 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 the last two things. We have the fact that his song is ending, but the story never ends. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear that echoed uh, mm-hmm. later on by Eleven, and then we also see the doctor realizing that he needs a companion. Yeah, he yes. knows that he needs a companion. He screwed up and he went too far. So uh, let's see, who is Wilf? <coughs> Y'all remember me mentioning that Wilf may or may not be one of the most important characters in all of Doctor Who? Yes. Okay. I was slightly <laughs> expecting him to be like some like godlike being or something that ends up. Oh, know, what? Like Donna or like Rose Donna or something Rose. like that? Yeah. You know, um, the real important. <laughs> I'm kidding. The real important. Because nobody cares about Mercer. <laughs> Well, no, yeah. Somebody said that Wilf, uh, I think it was the the woman, said that he stands at the heart of coincidence, yeah. right? <laughs> and the doctor says, what's so important about you, Wilf? There are people that wait hundreds of years to meet me, and you manage to pull it off in a few hours. You know, Jack Harkness waited a yes. hundred more years to yeah. find, you know, to catch up <clears throat> with a doctor on Earth. But wasn't it like nearly a billion or something? Because they were way off in the distant future at... Not important. Billionaire. <laughs> at any rate, he says that, you know, uh, what, what is it that's so important? Uh, why are you, what's so special about you? And Wolf says, well, I'm not important. And the doctor goes, right, not remotely important. You know, and Wolf's kind of like, well, hey now, <laughs> you know. Like, the doctor was a bit jerky. Yeah, and then later that. on, uh, during, oh gosh, man, probably this moment and I don't want to go are the ones that rip my heart out every time I watch them when, when the doctor's pounding on his chest saying, I could do so much more. You know, he's just like beating on himself. And he says, he's, oh, look at you. Not even remotely important. Which to me called back to Waters of Mars when he's never saved anybody as important as, uh, what's her name? Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, lots of little folks, little people, you know, and Adelaide's like little people. And here he is now giving up his life for a little person, an unimportant person, not remotely important. Right. And yet, why do I keep running into you, Wolf? Why do I keep running into you? He stands at the heart of coincidence and then uh, ends up being the second to last person that Tennant sees. He sees Wolf, and then he goes and sees Donna, and then that's it. I do like the... Uh, Unless you count the Ood. The death... <laughs> I forgot about the Ood. The I Ood do. is technically the last person he saw. That's I do why. like the death thing where they made it sound like if he went in that chamber, he was dead, dead, for sure, gone, like, not yes. able to come back. 
But doesn't and they he, played it that way too. He's like, oh, I'm like he's dying. curled up in a ball. Gets up, and Wolf walks goes, out. Wolf goes, all right then, go sit <laughs> with us. Travels like all over throughout different time periods to see people. Yeah, and then regenerates. And I'm like. Man, they seem to play up that death scene. Radiation, radiation takes a long time to kill you. But, but he even also still. can, like, like he said, absorb radiation. Like he played with radiation cubes as a kid. Yeah, this should have no effect on him. This is a lot more, lot more of it. But at any rate, he, yeah, that I, I did wonder about that the first time watching this. I was like, my, he's just gonna keep on going before he dies here. But we do see other times when. Time Lords, uh, Time Lords, specifically the Doctor, hold off regeneration. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a, actually there's an episode that entirely centers on that uh, coming up down the road. So, at any rate, we get uh, we get Wilf, perhaps, and I told you guys at the beginning, Wilf is one of my favorite characters. And if you think yeah. about where we came from with him, Wilf was <laughs> a one-off character in a yeah. Christmas special who was never supposed to appear again. Yeah. And and do you guys remember why he did? He was just a random character. Yeah, yeah just a random like person. Donna's Y'all remember why they brought him back? No. Donna, the actor who played Donna's father, died. Oh yeah. And so they wrote him out of the show. Uh, they they in in universe he they had him die, and so mm-hmm. Wilf turns out to have been her grandfather, mm-hmm. right? Like amazing yeah. coincidence. And wow. uh, pretty much, you know, guys, anytime, if y'all haven't picked up on it yet, anytime you have a coincidence in Doctor Who, it's not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Just not a coincidence, okay? Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind uh, moving forward, okay? Okay. So, all right. Uh, other uh-huh. stuff we noticed. And uh, boy, we're, we're going long here, so let's try and uh, let's try and make our way through this because we've got plenty of other stuff to uh, to go over. Some, listener, some great listener input this week. And I'm sure Jared has a lot to say too. So other stuff we noticed. Uh, did y'all like the cantina scene from Star Wars that had popped yeah, up in the middle of Doctor Who? Mm-hmm. That was fun. Uh, there were in that scene, uh, if you weren't, if you blinked, you missed one of these. Uh-huh. Okay. There was an adipose. There was the grask. There was a half. I was so excited yeah, to see yeah, a half so. back. Right off the bat, as soon as we walk in, there's a raxacorica phallopatorian. Uh, we have a sycorax. Yeah. The Sycorax made a comeback. Really? I blinked. Yes. I must have blinked and missed that one. Why is that not in the Wikia? Huh? No, it was in the Wikia. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Sycorax is, was in no, the Wikia. I mean on the Sycorax's Wikia page. Was it there? Oh, I have no idea. I don't think I, it was. I don't know. And yeah, then, there was a, then there was an Uvadni, which Corbin wrote yeah. in the notes, explain. Uh, they, they're from <laughs> Classic Who, and we're going to see them in the future. So, ah. yeah. they. So, it was there. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they specifically built a costume just for this one scene and then like said, here, hang this up. We'll use it during Eleven's time. I don't Sounds know. like what they do. Sometimes. It must be, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a um, nice suit. Let's keep it. <laughs> so we have an ongoing conversation uh, in the show and on the podcast about why the Doctor doesn't just go back and save the Time Lords uh-huh. or why doesn't the Doctor just go back and do fill in the blank, right? Why doesn't the Doctor go back and tell himself not to get on that ship that's going to crash or, mm-hmm. you know, the place where his TARDIS is going to get dropped into a pit or, you know, whatever, a million other things. He says at the beginning of this episode that he can't travel back onto his own timeline. Mm-hmm. He has to stay relative to the events that are causing him. He's in a causal nexus, right? It's an unchangeable sequence of events. There's other episodes where he's mentioned this. It's, it's somewhat consistent. This idea has popped up before and we've talked about it before. And even then, they you know they break the rule every now and mm-hmm. then. Wobbly. 
It, yeah, it gets it gets timey wimey. I mean, last episode was let's break that rule we made. The mm-hmm. one rule we made, let's break it. Well, no, no, no. That was that there are fixed points. Yeah. This is saying the doctor can't loop back on himself. But he did that three times. What three times? Well, he did it in well, Father's Day. Yeah, he did do it in Father's, Father's Day, but he didn't interact with himself. Uh, Rose did. She wasn't supposed to. Yes. That's why he never wanted to do that in the first place. Yeah. What are the other two, Trip? No, he did. He looped back on Father's Day like three times. No. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, he did. did he? They went. Yeah, they went back. No, it was just twice. Yeah, they went boring. back and then they went back again and saw themselves and, and stopped themselves or whatever. And Rose oh. was supposed to go talk to her dad before he died or whatever. And she's just like, I gotta go save my dad. <laughs> That's a spot on Rose. <laughs> Billy Piper would be proud. Okay. So here we have again reiterated that the doctor can't loop back on his own timeline except for, as we've just pointed out, when he does. Okay. <clears throat> so that's a general rule for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A general rule as in let's break this as often as we yeah. can. Uh-huh. All right, Corbin, Corbin take, it off, take it away on your cheese ball rant. Okay. Uh-huh. I don't know if this was because we were watching it in theaters and I'm used to watching like, you know, like big action adventure, not comedy at all movies in the theater. Probably. But um, I thought this first episode was really, really cheesy. You had... Mm-hmm. The Secret Books of Saxon, which was the first thing I noticed that I was like, wait, what did they wait, just what? say? The what now? The Secret Books of Saxon. They had the potions of life that they used to regenerate, or uh, not regenerate, not I don't regenerate. know what it is. Bring back. Also known as gummy berry juice. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I can't. In the most comic it. booky okay. way. She's, she's like, you've been planning for all these years. So have I. Here's the... It's like saying, here's the antidote to this poison you just gave Here's me. the anti-anti-anti-anti. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. It's, okay. She doesn't even call it the, the, the antidote. I know. There was a, or the, it was just she like, calls it the reverse. I know. I, like, no, what? That's just what I wrote. It's, it's not the reverse. There was no name. It was just like, so some smart people, you know, the smart people. No, no. She literally said the reverse. Did she? She said the smart oh. people were, were able to... Uh, break down and concoct the reverse, and I was, I was like, just like the, reverse. the reverse, or the opposite. Maybe she said the opposite. Uh, yeah, it was. It was I don't know, like but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. yeah so yeah. It was super cheese was done. The super jump that he had. Uh, yeah. <laughs> his Superman <laughs> landing Superman? pose. His lightning hands. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> and Sith are time lords, apparently. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and. Why was he super hungry the entire time? So much that he like because he had he to, ate people down to their bones. Because he was only left, like half existing. Left like spooky, scary skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. What exactly did he do in the eating process that turned their bones black? <laughs> and then he super jumped and like jumped know, onto the dude. Jumps, just oh yeah, on face him. first. <laughs> face first, he came out. I know. <laughs> like a jump scare. Five Nights at Freddy's or something. The and then super finally, cheese. this isn't super cheese ball. I just thought this was weird. Mm. Why was there a narrator at the beginning? Like, it's not even initially clear that it's anyone important. Mm. It just sounds like yeah. a narrator. Right. And then eventually we learn it's one of the Time Lords. And then you're right. still like, but why is there a narrator in Doctor Who? <laughs> like he's telling some sort of <laughs> story. Before. Has it? But has it? Yeah, Rose Rose narrated the opening of her final episode where she said, oh, well. my name is Rose Tyler and this is the story of how I Okay, I guess. And, 
guess. Yeah. Just never told it quite like a story. Yeah, it was kind of killed a well, child. Okay, but this is, you got to think. You know, this is the end of an era. This is this was a major as 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 evidenced by the twelve million Brits who tuned in to watch. This was a major major thing, and so yeah, they started it out with an epic scope, you know, coming up over the Whoa. moon and seeing the Earth and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it is so like, am I watching National Geographic now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I like especially the fact that it was narrated by Timothy Dalton. I mean, it's <laughs> his voice, man. It's the the gravitas. I gotta love it. All right, so um, that's that's all that we had on on that. Oh, and by the way, Corbin, the, the way you wrote that, the narrator slash Time Lord, mm-hmm. they credited him as narrator in the first episode and then as Rassilon in the second episode. Wow. He's actually, <laughs> the credit for him is the narrator, so that's fun. <laughs> Guys, News in the Whovian is brought to you by listeners like you. If you find value in what we're doing and want to give a little bit back, that's all we're asking for. So go to patreon.com slash noobsandthehoobian and become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. Uh, we don't have a can we talk about section because we're just doing it. We're just, can we talk about everything? So we're going to jump straight into classic Who connections with Jared. I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say because I haven't listened to it yet and he didn't send me any notes this time. Right. Hello, Noobs and the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for The End of Time, Part 1 and 2. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to talk about a commercial that aired about the 10th season of Classic Who available on Blu-ray. And uh, those of you who went to the Fathom event, uh, assuming it was exactly the same all across the nation and world, if it showed across the world, uh, if you went to that Fathom event, uh, you probably saw that commercial before it got into uh, the, The End of Time. And I just thought that was a, because it was all about classic Who, uh, the Doctor and, and companions, I just thought it'd be fun, uh, I can maybe shed a little light if you didn't understand what was going on there. So the two companions that you saw were Joe Grant and Cliff Jones, who actually got married uh, there and, and just when Joe stops being the 10th Doctor's companion because she gets married to Cliff Jones and... Uh, he, the third doctor rides off into the sunset in that, uh, yellow car that you saw, which was the third doctor's, uh, vehicle, uh, which you might re- remember that thir- the third doctor is exiled to earth. So it would make sense that he has a car and it was kind of a, a James Bond-esque car, certainly not an Aston Martin, and, but it had lots of fun features, uh, in that car. Uh, he also had a Who-mobile, which was a hovercraft, but that's uh, an explanation for a later time. So uh, so this was kind of like a spoof or callback to a, a specific episode from that 10th uh, season and the third Doctor and Joe Grant and also Cliff Jones. Uh, it's called The Green Death. And in that story, you have giant maggots that hatch and they're trying to poison, I don't know that they're trying to, but they bite humans and poison them, and the the humans turn green uh, once they're bit. Joe is the one who discovers, Joe and Cliff, they discover that the fungus that Cliff is growing and studying, because he's a scientist, that fungus is poisonous to the maggots, so the fungus kills them. So you see in the commercial, they've got this, like, fungicide that they've got in sprayers, backpack like sprayers and uh, or, or actually it's like fancy guns I think uh, and 
they're spraying the giant maggots in the barn. So it's it's a it's a reprise, you know, a callback to to that episode. And then at the very end, we have Cliff getting a call from M- Mike Yates saying that he's having trouble in Devil's End. Well, that's another episode from that season or another story from that season. And uh, again, the third Doctor, and it's called the the Demons, and that one features the Master. Uh, so that's uh, pretty appropriate for uh, end of time here uh, to feature the, uh, to to call back to a story featuring the master um, and Mike Yates is a member of Unit in those days, uh, much like uh, Lethbridge Stewart. Uh, you've got Mike Yates. These are the Unit characters that the Doctor interacts with. Those are the thing the the, the main things that uh, were featured. In that, in that commercial. And if you want to see the commercial, if you didn't see the Fathom event or didn't get there early enough, or I'm just uh, way off and that only showed in my theater uh, with that commercial, you can go to YouTube, just search for Joe Grant Returns Season 10 Announcement Trailer. And I found it on YouTube uh, on there and it, it had that title. So I just, I think I just typed in Joe Grant season 10 Blu-ray or something like that. But uh, the title was Joe Grant Returns season 10 announcement trailer. And you can see the commercial. It's fun. It's fun to see the the two actors uh, reprising their roles and uh, being in that commercial. Uh, But I just thought that was a fun way. When I saw it, I was like, oh, if nothing else in this episode relates to Classic Who, uh, I I can at least talk about that. So, but there are a few things that we we can, of course, talk about, especially when you've got the master. We've covered the master from Classic Who. Some of the things that I might say will be a little bit of a um, repeat, but uh, the master redeeming himself. So the end of the whole story, and the master redeems himself by sacrificing himself and saving the doctor. This was a, a plot line that they were thinking of using. The actor that played the original master was Roger Delgado, and they were actually going to use this the same plot with the original master, not the exact same plot, but that same idea where the master sacrifices himself to save the doctor. Unfortunately, Roger Delgado passed away uh, tragically, and I don't know the details of his passing, but uh, I know it was a tragic death, and uh, I, I remember that much. And so they never got to play it. Uh, and, and so then they had the master regenerate instead of uh, dying with the sacrifice. They, they regenerated and had another actor play the master since he's a time lord. But uh, they so they they never got to play it out. And it's it's great that uh, Russell T Davies brought it back uh, here for for this one for the master. So another uh, character that we saw that's a classic Who character was Rassilon. And Rassilon was one of the original Time Lords. And this is where it gets kind of into that uh, fuzzy, um, you know, really argument. People take sides on, is is Time Lord a race? Is Time Lord a title? Is Time Lord uh, something that you become or you're born into? Because uh, we have original Time Lords. There, There was a point at which that this uh, race, if you will, they couldn't travel in time. They didn't. They hadn't unlocked the secrets of time travel yet. So if they can't travel in time, how could they be really be time lords? You know, and and if they discovered it, is that really a race? And so it, it's this 
the, the layers of stories that have come into Who uh, is, is great fodder for these discussions and, and decisions. And uh, you're just going to have to make up your own mind. I know what I think, but, uh, it, you know, the new Who sort of uh, really leans towards that, the, the fact that Time Lords are a race. But uh, anyway, back to Rassilon. So Rassilon, Omega or Omega, uh, or Omega if you're uh, British, uh, and the other, his title is the other, uh, were the th- founding three founding Time Lords. Uh, they they founded the the Time Lord civilization and they discovered time travel. And so Rassilon uh, originally was a, an engineer and an architect, but later on, uh, Time Lord, uh, the the civilization, the, the people would would really call him the first Time Lord and the the like the greatest. Uh, Time Lord ever, you know, they, he would be considered uh, top up there. Um, Omega uh, was actually lost because to discover time travel, there was this need for this great uh, amount of energy. So he detonated uh, a, a device in a black hole in order to uh, release this energy from the black hole. I don't really understand it there, there's a lot of uh jibberty jabberty uh that uh is used in that episode with it but I, I don't understand exactly what they were going for with it but uh in in that explosion he got uh sent to another realm another dimension uh and and later he's he's found there of course but uh and and we we have him in in other stories uh but this is supposed to be about Rassilon. So Rassilon was considered the greatest. He did he did help Omega unlock all this energy and discover time travel. And uh, he, so by his people, he's heralded as this great person. But uh, as we see the stories unfolding, he's kind of corrupt. He maybe tried to even murder Omega uh, and um, and steal the fame and such. And he's kinda, basically he's a megalomaniac. Uh, so he just is, um, so he's, he's, he's not really a great guy. So when you, when we see him here, he's not really one that you're rooting for to, uh, bring back to life, you know, in, in the, the end of time. So Rassilon, um, physically does die, uh, and he, he's, uh, in the Matrix, which is a part of Classic Who that I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to get into right now, uh, but he in that he he's so his like spirit continues on and he's actually able to manipulate the doctor into performing tasks for the time lords missions and things and we see that it, from time to time in classic who uh and and so but of course then we see him trying to uh he was he was resurrected uh in there uh, to, with the other time lords that are they're trying to break the time lock in order to bring all the all the time lords back but obviously we know that failed in this in this attempt so and speaking of the time lords other than the doctor and the master uh this is actually their first appearance in a tv uh, story since the the tv story the trial of a time lord that aired back in 1986 so that was okay. That was towards the end of Classic Who run. I mean, relatively, considering it started in the '60s. Uh, so that was towards the end. But it's been a long time since we've really seen them on uh, on the TV stories, and so it was uh, 
it's it's fun to see them back, and it's fun that if they've included them here, we uh, just might very well see them again. So we, we get a little bit of connection to Gallifrey and uh, the, the Time Lord past there. Uh, so it, we're getting more of that information. So that's kind of fun. And finally, uh, the Whovian the asked me to talk a little bit about the, the Master's powers. Has the Master shown any of these powers that he has in the end of time before? And really the answer is, uh, so far as I remember, and so far as I could find, no. Uh, he does not, he has not shown these powers. He, he cannot jump super high and run really fast and, uh, and have a glowing skull head. And I couldn't find anything about uh, the, a, a voracious hunger or insatiable hunger. And the, the lightning from his hands uh, is, has never done before. We have seen that in Classic Who before, but that was Davros uh, that did it. It was with the Sixth Doctor. Uh, he, he shot out lightnings from his hands. And frankly, we've seen lightning from hands with a lot of villains. Uh, you might even say uh, super villains uh, that, that they could do that. And frankly, at this point in, uh, in stories, I think that's more of a rite of passage. You know, you finally arrived as a supervillain if you can shoot lightning from your hands. So we've, we've seen it with many supervillains. I mean, it's it's really a status symbol kind of thing. So that's kind of what he was doing. But my understanding where these came from uh, is that it was because of the botched resurrection ritual. Uh, remember Lucy Saxon? She dropped in the counter part of the potion and uh, botched his, his resurrection. And remember, that was a resurrection, not a regeneration. So he had died and somehow uh, trapped himself a little bit in that ring, enough of it, enough so much so that he was able to be resurrected by a ritual. Maybe it was a horcrux in the ring. You know, I, I don't know. This is not something that you really get uh, in Classic Who that I could find. It's not something we've seen before. Um, it, it's maybe a mixture of like a horcrux and the fob watch uh, with the uh, for the Time Lords, so maybe it's something uh, that they're able to do there. So uh, that's what I have for you. Um, rating uh, this episode tugs at the heartstrings. It gives you a great battle between the Master and and the Doctor, which we always love, or I always love, and the Master redeeming himself. That's that's uh, that was fun to see. It was fun. It was it was great to see the depth to the master there, that he's not just purely evil. And uh, perhaps uh, Rassilon is a little bit to blame for all of the master's uh, problems over the years and and uh, skullduggery, if you will, over the years, uh, because he planted in the sound of the drums and made him crazy. So uh, anyway, um, loved the episode, loved, loved seeing it. I, I think it's... Uh, just about perfect uh, as of an episode, so I'm giving it a 9.5 uh, turkey devouring masters uh, for that one. And as far as the creep level, yeah, it was a, it was a little bit creepy, but n- not not over the top. So I'm just gonna go with 200 levels there on the creep creep level. And that's all I've got for you. And thanks for having me on, and thanks to the TARDIS Wikia for help with the research. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. All right. A uh, lot, of, lot of good input there. Um, I, yeah, I would definitely say that uh, Rassilon is entirely responsible for mm-hmm. the Master uh, going crazy. <laughs> crazy! <laughs> 
crazy. We actually had a little technical snafu because I wanted to rewind it just so I could hear him go crazy again. That was fun. So, uh, yeah. So Jared gives it 9.5 turkey devouring masters out of 10. Trip, what do you got, man? Um, I say I love this. There was nothing bad about the, Okay, no. <laughs> there were a lot of yeah, things yeah, that we yeah. already talked about. But, or, or but, but the terrible. good things make up for the bad things. So All this right. was a perfect... I, I want to say perfect, but it can't be perfect because it's bad. <laughs> I'm going to give <laughs> this score, a Trevor? 10. you still giving it a perfect 10. 10 Nine what? Out of 10, amazing tenant. That's why I'm going to give it perfect 10. <laughs> it can't be perfect. It's only 10 out of 10. 10 minus... Point zero 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 I still think this is a solid 9.7 Minbachi, which I think is the highest I've given any episodes. So I think I think shot. so. 9.7 Minbachis. Um, I, uh, uh, no, because we all give a 10 I, on Blink. I think we did. I was, honestly, I was going to rate this lower because, I'm sorry, I just, I can't mm. get with the master being so <laughs> random in wow. the in the beginning of the first episode. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, uh, it dawned on me as I was listening to Jared talking about it and saying, you know, how he couldn't find any previous examples of all these things. You yeah. know what it is? You probably, okay, you guys may not have seen this. Uh, in one of the Superman movies, Superman is fighting other Kryptonians, right? So they're like mm-hmm. his equals. It's like other mm-hmm. Supermen. Even though they're all dead. Huh? So it's exactly like this. I said, even huh? though yeah, they Yeah, they found some that were, tra- anyways. Huh. So they have so the same don't. powers that he does. So he... In in one scene, grabs the logo on his on his chest, rips it off and throws it out. Have you seen this on YouTube? You showed it. To us. <laughs> okay. What? What? <laughs> I don't remember if it's that movie or it's another one of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. I think it was the where, second one. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I don't. I, but what I'm saying is, in in another one, there's there's two other things that he does. One, he uh, he re, he. Confesses who he is to Lois Lane. He tells him, mm-hmm. tells her that he's Superman or whatever. And then at the end of the movie, he changes his mind. So he erases her memory by kissing Kiss. her. <laughs> what? And then so she suddenly just forgets everything every time he kisses her. No, he only she only forgets that he's Superman. What? And then there's a scene where Lois Lane dies, among other things bad that happen. There's like a giant earthquake or something, and she gets killed, and a bunch of other bad stuff happens. And he gets so ticked off that he flies off into space and starts zooming around the Earth so fast that he turns the Earth backwards and literally reverses time. So now Superman's a time. Okay. So he now, turned into the, he turned into the Flash, except his transport method is in just the, in the same way, the guys. The the master who is a Time Lord has lightning hand powers, Superman jumping abilities, and his head flashes into a skull. And because he's dying. What? Because yeah, because he's because dying. He, and oh, and, because he eats. And when his head flashes into a skull. It growls. What? Oh, Just what? I get it. I don't get yeah. it. 
wait, wait, wait. No, it's still nonsense. So at any rate, I wanted to give it a lower score. You guys scoring it like 10s and 9.5s and 9.7s. I'm going to bring it up to nine I don't want to goes. All right. So uh, creep, creep level. I'm going to go ahead and give this uh, an even 250, smack in the middle of, of the 500. Yeah. Creep levels just because of the skull. Yeah. And Despite he, how weird he it was, ate people. It was so mm-hmm. kind of I mean, he ate people. Freaky. I mean, yeah, yeah he ate yeah. people. And then, yeah. and then the scene where he's whipping his head back and forth and, yeah. and all that, that, that creeps me out. Yeah. Forget about my eight-year-old when I was <laughs> using his perspective. Obama yeah, oh, yeah, that was great. That was great. <laughs> Like, um, they're not showing this person's face intentionally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Trip, what do you got for creep levels? Um, I'm going to give it 230 creep levels. 230 creep levels? Yeah. All right. I, I don't know. I feel like there wasn't a lot of creepiness, but then, like, at first I was like, oh, this is like 150 or 130 or something like that. And then I started remembering some of the stuff that happened. And I'm like, yeah. eh, I mean, it's not the least creepy. But it's not the most creepy, so I mean. It's I, oh, by the way, out of that two fifty, a good solid five of those creep levels is just him wiping the burger wrapper all over his face. Uh, that alone, uh, and one one bonus creep level uh, for Timothy Dalton's spittle. Corbin, what's your uh, what's your creep levels? I think this was a solid two fifteen between the weird mm. skull flashing thing yeah. and other things. It was just it yeah. was fairly creepy. Gotcha. All right, that brings us to listener input. Uh, we had an email come in from, I, I didn't. I, I don't know if I have permission to use his name, so I'm going to use his screen name. He left us a review a while ago on iTunes uh, under the name GatorBoy749. I don't remember what the numbers were. Random numbers. Yeah, but it was GatorBoy. He left us uh, a review, and he emailed and said, Hey, it's GatorBoy. And uh, Gator, not, not Skater. It's our Gator, like alligator. Anyways. He said he wanted to email in with a few points of things that he noticed. First of all, uh, at the beginning with the stained glass window that had the picture of the TARDIS in the bottom corner, he noticed that there was someone holding a blue book that he thinks looks like River's Diary. Do y'all can y'all see it there? Yes. Okay. I don't. It'll know. be on the blog remember. post. It'll be in the show notes on the blog post over noobsinthehoovian dot com. Um, interesting. Interesting. It is definitely the right color blue. Those people don't look like anybody, so it's either just somebody was holding a blue book, or maybe it is a very deep cut. That, yes, that is River Song's diary. And I feel he, like with this, they just took a random stained glass window and inserted the TARDIS. photoshopped the TARDIS, <laughs> and it was like, ah, that looks and, good. And Gator Boy did say, uh, I bet you didn't think of that. <laughs> so I thought that was fun. He also pointed out uh, something that I noticed, but I, I wasn't going to bring it up until he pointed it out, and then gave me a bonus uh, fact about it. Did y'all notice that the tour bus was called Sparrow Lane? Trip, I think you noticed that in the theater, didn't you? Didn't you lean over and say something to me about that? Wait, which one? The tour bus that the old people, that Wilf and, and the, the silver cloak. I did not notice The that. bus that they got on was called Sparrow Lane Bus Tours, and one of the people on the bus was named Sally. That was the bonus fact that Gator Boy gave me. I didn't catch, I didn't catch that. And by the way, Sally was... The, uh, one of Donna's neighbors that has been mentioned before. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, so you had Sally riding Sparrow Lane bus tours. Hmm. A little throwback to Sally Sparrow on Blink. He also noticed that the, um, or, or brought up a fact that I had, I thought I had remembered, but he pointed me directly to it. The woman that appears to Wilf and turns out she's a Time Lord. 
right? Yeah. She's one of the two that is covering her face, the two that voted against breaking through the time vortex. Yeah. Uh, turns out that she's a time lord. Russell T. Davies said he left it vague who she was because he loves that people will take that and just go bananas trying to figure out who that is. I thought it might be Donna. I don't know if I still think that, but... That's incredibly interesting. Uh, <laughs> Why? Good way back. I just never, never even occurred to me. There are a lot of people who thought that that was Romana, who was a previous companion in Classic Who. I don't know a ton about, uh, but that would mm-hmm. be an interesting tie-in. But he said, he goes, some people may think it's this, and some people may think it's this. And I left it vague because I think it's great that people will speculate, but of course I meant it to be the doctor's mother. What? <laughs> Excuse me? You may. Hey. You don't leave something vague for people to theorize about, but then tell everyone the definitive answer. That's not a thing you do. Well, no, don't no. do that. And, but he's not even telling the definitive mm-hmm. answer. He's saying, I always intended it to be the doctor's mother. You're the writer. You are the one that, that makes those decisions. Anyways, so uh, we, put a, we put a link to the article where he said that. And uh, this was the article that I was reading earlier where I piggybacked onto the Chibnall Whitaker Rumor article that was nonsense. So, uh, Corbin, you did a little bit of digging. Hit us up with the next one. This was also from Gator Boy, but I had Corbin fact check this one. Okay, so he said that in the alien bar near the end of the episode, the song that played was the same song Tolulu sings in Daleks of Manhattan. So I checked it out. Yes, it was the same song. It's called My Angel Put the Devil in Me. And you're like, well, that sounds like a. I mean, it sounds like it might be a song from around the era of the Daleks of Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Place in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice jazzy tune. BBC wrote that, and it was performed by their orchestra. For, so they, for oh, Doctor Who? The, these, these are the only two places, as far as I can tell, where it really? shows up. And it's part of the soundtrack for Series 3. Oh, great. So Corbin uh, put a, a link to a YouTube video that shows that. So that'll also be in the show notes over at noobsinthehoovian.com. If you're not going to noobsinthehoovian.com, you're missing out. So uh, I thought that was a, a neat catch that, uh, and by the way, Tallulah was the, the one that her, her boyfriend got turned into like the half pig slave in Docks in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So uh, Corbin was like, who? <laughs> and then I was like, just go look up the episode. And he also, goes, oh, her, right. I said okay. it was near the beginning of the episode. It wasn't? I thought it was, but it was like all it the way yeah. near the end. I'm like, oh, Oh, near the okay. end? Oh, my bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then he pointed out, uh, Gator Boy pointed out that when you see the bones of the food truck lady, they're still standing there stuck together. He was just pointing it out that, you know, just like I was ranting and raving about jawbones mm. being stuck on the skeleton and then the, mm. the bus is, the bus driver's skeleton in the last episode or, or Planet of the Dead falling through the portal. I was like, and I just emailed back and I went, I know, right? So um, <laughs> that was fun. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't there two skeletons? in that food truck? I think there was. It was like her yeah. and then like the cook or something, but yeah. they zoomed in on her. So yeah, <laughs> that was, that was uh, horrifying. So yeah, thank you for that. Were, yeah, their skeletons were the same size. Uh, <laughs> and like I said, what did the master do to <laughs> like, like char their, their bones? Electricity hand. just like every single scrap off of them down to the bone. He charred them. Yeah, he charred them and then reassembled them in a standing position. Uh. It's like when a piranha in a cartoon, a piranha like eats off the leg of something and just leaves the bone and the bone is still connected and they can wiggle the toes Uh, or whatever. It was like that, except it was like standing. It still had the apron on. Yeah. Come on. 
what you mean. That's why this was only a nine. What you mean? Uh, wait all the clothes, but not the apron. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> like what? It was definitely just the apron. I hate I aprons. About that. I, I will not eat aprons. I yeah. will eat people, but and their aprons, clothes. that's where I draw the I'll line. eat people and their clothes. I'm not touching the apron. That thing's got grease on it. Ew. Ew. Health code violation. All right, guys. <laughs> that's the all. That That's the all. That's all that's that we've got. All. That's the all, folks. We've all right. very long this yes, time. Yes. Uh, and yes, guys, I, I hope you knew going into this one that uh, this was going to be a long one. Our our finales and recaps tend to be because there's just so much, man. A 10th anniversary so much, episode. It's so good. We didn't even get to talk about anything from the David yeah, Tennant interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is because I don't really remember specifics about it. Mm, it's yeah. fascinating to watch. Um, by the way, David Tennant looks way different now. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, the game plan coming up, guys. Next week, we are going to do a David Tennant recap. So we'll be talking about, you know, our favorites, our, our best moments, worst moments. Uh, we may spend a little bit of time talking about his regeneration scenes, um, just different things like that. So we'll recap David Tennant. And then we're going to go the next week. We're going to go into the next season with the 11th hour, which is the beginning of the 11th Doctor's time. Which, despite all the theories, almost seems to confirm that he is the 11th Doctor, but oh well. We'll save that for later. He is the 11th Doctor, okay? He is. What about the ones before the first? He's the 11th Doctor. What about the War Doctor? (laughs) (laughs) What about this? He's the 11th Doctor. So uh, so anyway, guys, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Matt Smith is fun. His opening episode is great. It is fun. It's it's timey wimey. Uh, it's a Yay. little it's a little wibbly wobbly, and um, it has. There's a scene where they they go. This is your new doctor, and I tell me when you watch it, listeners and you guys. Tell me when when you think that scene is. Um, so at any rate, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to kicking off a new Doctor, even though it's sad to say goodbye Maybe. to the old Doctor. Um, just, Tennant spoil- is the <clears throat> only Doctor. Spoiler alert, this is not the last we'll ever see of David Tennant as <laughs> How the Doctor. Dare you? you spoil? We, we will see him coming. Uh, so join us next time, guys, for our recap episode of David Tennant and his time as the Doctor. In the meantime, hit us up at noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com, uh, Facebook, Facebook message us, us at facebook.com slash noobs and the Whovian so that you can let us know what were some of your favorite move, uh, moments. What is your favorite stuff about David Tennant? We don't really have any categories. We're not going to put up a poll like we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. We're just going to uh, freestyle it a little bit. Um, and if you would love to, to like, you know, if you have something you want to say, uh, pull out your voice recording app on whatever phone you got, record it, and then just email it in to noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com and we can put that in the show. Guys, Noobs and the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. And our production editor is this guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the classic Who connection. Thanks for all the folks that came out to the theater. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Whovian. Email us at Noobs and the Whovian at gmail.com. Make sure you consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash Noobs and the Whovian. Get your show notes at Noobs and the Whovian.com. Please stop saying noobs in the Whovian. Please subscribe wherever you found us. Leave us a rating. Throw some stars at our face. Share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name's Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trent. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. noobs. And we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I guess we got to re- re-record. Goodbye. Be whip. Actual sound check. Huh. Part one, two, 
part two, take two, part take one, five. take two of part one, using and your call podcast me, voices, and call me in yeah, the morning. Dad. What? <laughs> Wait. Excuse me. Are we making references that no, I, I don't like understand this again? Time, Dad was quoting a movie, and we just didn't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, take two and call me in the morning is like an old trope. Okay. Old doctor trope in movies. If you say so. So it's kind of become a joke. Okay. Like, take two of these and call me in the morning. A doctor trope. <laughs> 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 okay. Do you see what I mean?